The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. People are really focused on results now. It's not so much about the shiny new technology, but it's how do we actually use these to help people? From Offscript Media, I am Matthew Zachary, and this is Out of Patience. On the show today, I welcome two people. Fard John Marr is a digital health innovator who I met in 2005 before the internet was a thing. He was ahead of his time then, and he's ahead of his time now. Joining him is Denise Pines, a true force of nature to be reckoned with, and here comes lots of well-deserved syllables president of the Medical Board of California, social justice warrior, award-winning documentary film producer, founder of Wise Paws, and the energy behind the Femme Aging Project, the subject of today's show. Does aging suck, or is it an opportunity? What does aging well mean? How do we know what to expect, even though we're expecting to turn 30, 40, 50, 60 years old? Or, George Carlin's, 60 years young. What role does peer-to-peer play in the life hackery to help women navigate this part of their lives with support, dignity, and style? This is Femtech at its finest in real time, folks, and it's helping to specifically raise the voices and the profiles of older women of color, a generally overlooked group in innovation research, investment, and development. From the nice to have to the need to have, it's less about dressing for success as it is to dress for the body that you have now. And yes, I just said that whilst staring at my own dad bod. Enjoy the show. Fard and Denise, I am excited to have you here on Out of Patience. There is a whole lot to unpack about who you are, what you've done, what you're doing together, and how the dent in the universe you're trying to make really hits home with me, and we'll get to why it also hits home with my wife. So thank you (laughs) again for choosing to do all this insane stuff here on my show. And I want to start with Denise, because you know I never met the president of a medical board of a state. And I was like, wow, I should know this person. And then we (laughs) chatted before the show, we talked several times, and you are just so intriguing as a human being. I had to get to know you and understand your motivations. And from an inspiration perspective, you're off the ometer. So with all that (laughs) praise said, deserved praise said, help me unpack for our listeners who you are, what drives you, and what keeps you up at three in the morning. Ooh, okay. So I consider myself to be an age enthusiast. I didn't consider that uh, about five or six years ago, but as I stepped into my 50s, it made me uh, change my approach to aging, where I became pro aging um, and changed my language around how 
we view ourselves, our body, and actually what happens. And so the being the president of the medical board, I've actually been on the board for over eight years now. I'm in my third term as president. And what we really do is protect the consumers of the state of California by licensing the best doctors we can. And when they get in trouble, to regulate them. So that's what we do. I love that. And for the listeners out there, the three of you listening to the show, maybe more, who knows, Fard and I go back to the Wayback Machine of probably 2000 and, you know, when there was still a zero before 2010. And in the, in the uh, I would say the protozoic era of digital health and what you were trying to work on. And you've been doing this a very long time. Your company is called Inspectos, a digital health innovation consultancy. What have you been consulting on? And can you point to any couple of things that actually have made the needle move a little bit in your work? Sure. Um, it's great to be on, on the program and great to be speaking with you again. And I was just in a meeting today when I was uh, talking about how long I've been doing this for. I mean, we met Matthew in, in 2005, but I've been in the technology innovation space since the 90s. So I feel like I've been doing this for 6,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> the, the dog years of, of innovation, yes. 6,000 years in innovation. Um, and But, you know, the interesting thing is, um, you know, how when, when they talk about people who are married and they say married 30 years and never had a fight. Well, I've been doing this uh, for 4,000 years and I still really enjoy it. And uh, part of the reason is that, you know, even though I'm dealing with the same types of questions, uh, there was a shift a few years ago that I documented in what I call the age of implementation. So, you know, when we first met, uh, Matthew, it was kind of what I call the age of interest. You know, we were trying to figure out, well, what does all this digital stuff mean? You know, we were talking about blogs like they were the greatest thing since sliced bread, talking about consumer empowerment and patient empowerment and all that stuff. And um, it's taken all of this time for people to realize that, yes, all of those crazy things that we were talking about are actually important. Um, and so one of the things that I think is really interesting about how things have moved into what I call this age of implementation is that people are really focused on results now. It's not so much about the, you know, the shiny new technology, but it's how do we actually use these to help people? You know, back in 2005 and, uh, you know, throughout all this time, I've been actively looking at a lot of projects that have really helped people uh, around the world, such as improving Im immunization levels in, you know, rural India with, with, uh, with very simple technologies, um, the real growth of mobile, mobile applications and, how they're really helping people with mental health concerns, which we've seen be a tremendous help uh, in the area uh, where we are right now with COVID. And, you know, interestingly enough, around COVID, there was um, a lot of skepticism about digital's adoption, whether or not people would actually use these tools. And what we've seen with, with the COVID pandemic is that healthcare has had to stop kind of talking a good game about digital and actually doing it. Um, and so one of the silver linings of the COVID pandemic has been the fact that the infrastructure that you and I have been working on for all these years is now being utilized in a heavy, heavy way. Um, so when we talk about what's, what's actually moved the needle, it's really been about implementation and actually using these technologies in ways that change, change people's lives. Um, and so one of the things that I do on a day-to-day -day basis is look at 
very closely these innovations to kind of help my clients figure out the signal from the noise and what's actually real. And fortunately, there are a lot of uh, great examples of how these technologies are, have had an impact, whether it's in the, in the background or in the foreground. So, so I'm, that's the reason that I'm still doing this, despite you know, so many years of, of, of focusing in on this area. So let's talk about the Yentidum that brought you together, because this is a bullia base of genius innovation, and I don't overuse that word, but I think what you have settled on collaborating with is genuinely new, at least new to me. I mean, I'm a guy, we're going to talk about girl things, but it's new to me in the sense of peer-to-peer and life hacking and getting a sense of how to endure things that you can and can't plan from. But I want to get back to one quick thing that Denise said, age enthusiast, right? Mm-hmm. Does aging suck? Are we accepting age? We live in a culture where we have to stay young and we're forced to look at Photoshop pictures. And, you know, my, my left eye bag is actually lower than my right. And I'm getting upset about that at 46 years old. Like, where are you in the space of get over it, be yourself or, you know, pick a lane? I got over it when I turned 40 and stopped, you know, trying to uh, appease other people and just set my own course and stay focused on that. But I think that we're going to see aging change. Millennials have a whole different mindset and the oldest millennial is about 39 and a half. So they're entering into this space and they're not going to come into it the way that I came into it, that you're going to go into it. They just are feistier. They are demanding more. They see themselves having different kinds of experiences, and they're not going to be called old when they're old. So I think we're going to see a shift. But in the meantime, till they get there, which is going to be a little while, we now have ourselves having to make that change. And so I just think that, you know, we have to look at all kinds of language. Like I don't use anti-aging. I talk about pro-aging. We are, we have the ability now to live so much longer. I mean, John McCain's mother just died. She was 108 years old. And that's not going to be unusual in the coming years. So do we want to live another 50 years being called old, feeling old, being unhealthy, I don't see that as how people really want to live their lives. So we've got to start changing the narrative around aging. I have to channel George Carlin, and I want everyone to Google this, because he did a very quick toss-away bit about aging, where he says, he's 70 years young. And like bullshit. Stop saying that. Let's just accept who we are. Why are we so afraid of death and aging? And God bless George Carlin. What are your, Fard, chime in on that. Well, you know, I have a little antidote. Um, I was uh, talking to my daughter the other day uh, during dinner, and um, I was talking about what I want to do when they're in college. And um, I said, I want to learn how to surf and I want to do all this stuff. And And my daughter says, but daddy, You'll be too old to learn how to do all that stuff. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. (laughs) She's teaching you a lesson. (laughs) And I thought to myself, what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm hopeful that I'm going to be able to uh, age, age well as we as we and do a lot. There's a lot of things that I want to want to be able to do um, as I age that I'm not having the opportunity to do now because, you know, you understand this, Matthew, I'm, I'm taking care of two kids, you know, who 
who think I'm too old to do anything <laughs> you know, when I'm when I'm done with them and they're out of the house. And I think a lot of people listening could could uh, certainly understand uh, that conversation and what what kind of feelings that gives you. But, you know, the thing about um, Denise and I coming together around this is that we met each other, uh, I'd say about five years ago, I think it was Denise, um, around some of my, the innovation work that I was doing. And, and we've been collaborating around a number of things around uh, women's health. And one of the questions that people may wonder is, you know, why in the world am I as a guy involved in, in fem aging and women's health? Uh, well, you know, I have, I have, a, I have daughters, as I've mentioned, and I have a wife and I see these, these issues firsthand and I, and I want to be able to participate in a way that hopefully helps, um, improve these issues for, for, uh, people like my wife and, and, and like others. And so, um, we met, uh, five years ago and we hit it off immediately. Honestly, and Denise, I haven't said this to you, but, um, I'll review this on your program, Matthew. I was a little starstruck because, she was working with all these uh, celebrities and all these other people. And I, and I was just a guy who sits in front of his computer and talks all day. And so I thought, you know, why does she want to have anything to do with me? But, you know, we, we had a great, uh, we had a great uh, relationship and uh, we started to talk a lot about these issues related to women's health. And uh, I'm very happy to be collaborating with her on this project. And, and um, I think, um, I think we bring to it different perspectives, uh, which are very, very complimentary. So, Denise, we're machinating on the many syllables in your credentials. Yes, that's my media world. It is. It is. I mean, the least of which we're not going to get to this on this show, but perhaps another show. You are a social justice warrior and a groundbreaking documentary filmmaker. I'll leave the teaser at that for our listeners. But there's a whole lot that I agree with in Fard when he's like, you got to meet Denise. Like, whoa. You know, she's on IMDb. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's my marker of success. Clearly. Wow. That's some FOMO right there. But but I agree with him. You, you, you carry a lot of stature and presence to what you bring to any opportunity. And I want to channel this notion of advocacy because I think it it means different things to different people. And yes. when I was introduced to this world of advocacy, I said, what the hell is advocacy? And mm -hmm. my friend who did this, he's like, well, it just means it's going to make shit suck less for the next you. I'm like, got it. There you go. I'm in. <laughs> what do I do now? And to the extent that that still pulls forward and carries weight, you're doing that now. And, you know, you said you, you came of age at 40 and now you're 50. Did your 40s teach you anything in advance of your now, you know, very early 50s? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, each each year does because, you know, really you kind of start to think I have less, you know, ahead of me than behind me. And so you do start to think you start to process people, things you're doing. Do I want to still be bothered with that person? Do they bring joy to my life? Um, is this still something I want to spend my time on every single day? Is this the work that I want to do? Is it contributing? Am I leaving a legacy? Am I leaving something that can be remembered when I'm gone? You start having those kind of thoughts. And I actually say in my 20s, I had no thoughts like that. So yes, you know, I mean, definitely you shift. My friends who are in their 60s tell me about another shift. And I said, uh, let me just wait and get there. Back with our guest after the break. 
Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. So we've been teasing our listeners about this epic project you've been working on for such a long time. It's it's this incredibly aspirational initiative. But let's start with you're the founder of a company called Wise Paws Lifestyle. What is it? How'd you get into it? And have you recruited Fard to just be the ultimate subservient worshiper of your IMDb? You know, it's funny. I love Fard because he just came on full throttle on all this. Never questioned why he was doing it. Always with a curious mind. And I think those are the people that help accelerate and accelerate greatness. So Wise Paws really is just a pro-aging wellness and education platform that I created to engage women around their health and well-being as they start to age and bring together really critical information that they needed to have by the most credible people that I had access to as being the president of the Medical Board of California. And we do it, well, we did it in a space where it was physical. So we had these events that we did last year. Um, in September, we did it online. And the energy was still the same as the energy we had when the event was physical. But we talk about everything from, you know, vaginal dryness, the uncomfortable stuff and incontinence to um, how do you dress for the body you have now? And hey, if you want to look, get the wrinkles gone, how do you do that both in a invasive way? So Botox and fillers 
or in a more um, alternative natural way with microcurrent, acupressure, acupuncture, things like that. So that's what Wise Paws, the lifestyle is all about. It's A to Z on everything that happens to a woman, about a woman and about around her thoughts and mental wellness. And that, you know, sort of led the more and more I started talking to women and realize all the challenges that they experience, that they cannot talk to anyone, including their doctor, said that there needed to be a space where women can do that so that we create a larger space in society where we can actually do that. And one day I was reading a femtech article and Frard and I, you know, we'll talk about these all things all the time. But for some reason, when I read this particular article, it didn't have any solutions for women 40 plus. Right. And we were like, where is the femme age woman? Where's the femme aging products? And that became the catalyst for us coming together and creating a report, putting a study out that gave people information about these women, what they want, what's their challenges and what the opportunities are. So far, as a man with a penis and not a vagina, <laughs> did you feel remotely comfortable entering this space? Uh, <laughs> I am. I just had to say it that way. Come on, let's be obvious. <laughs> yes, as someone with uh, with a different set of equipment, um, I I certainly feel comfortable. Um, I, I frankly never felt uncomfortable with with these types of issues or or working with women or or those types of things. It's just maybe it's the way. Uh, I was raised, you know, I, I grew up with a lot of strong women um, around me and it was just, you know, kind of the way it was. Uh, you know, I think the key thing is that I w am always interested in trying to uncover the issues that need to be discussed and then also trying to figure out ways to communicate them so that people can get them quickly. Um, and that was something that Denise and I really spoke about a lot when we were dealing with this issue. Now, we, I still remember we had our first conversation and I looked up some research to see uh, where the, the femtech uh, solutions were, were focused. And the vast majority I found were focused on fertil fertility and parenthood. That was something that was interesting to me because, you know, as Denise said, you know, there are, there's a whole nother cohort of people that are just as economically powerful and uh, diverse, and they like to spend money too. But the but the level of products and services for them was just absolutely missing. So there were a few things that I felt would be important in terms of working on this particular initiative, and to be able to shed light on that in a way that hopefully captures people's attention. You know, I remember uh, when Denise and I were talking, even talking about the word femme aging. Uh, and, and Denise was getting some pushback on that. And people were saying, well, why not say, you know, fem age or fem tech or, you know, this and that. And we said, no, we want to, you know, say fem aging because this is what that really is about. So, so I, I am certainly, you know, not uncomfortable and I feel privileged that I have the ability to, to focus on these issues in a way, hopefully that will make a difference. That's the right answer. There really was no wrong answer, but I think you did a good job summarizing my question. So 
let let so let's talk turkey. What is the basis of this? Because I mean, I worked in young adult cancer for fifteen years. Sexual health was obviously very self evident, and to your point, fertility was really the bailiwick of our content about you know right to parenthood and your abilities to have a biological child or adoption and surrogacy if if your organs get ripped out for whatever reason. And we didn't really talk that much about the inherent innate sexual health. We had that other organizations do that with us in partnership on very specific workshops and breakouts. So to the extent that you're providing peer-to-peer support and teaching women who are coming of age, like you said, the millennials don't know what they're in store for. You're here (laughs) to help them understand what they're in store for. Is there an an evidenced way to prove that this is going to help them live better lives? Interesting. An evidence way. Um, Yes. You are in charge of the medical board of California. (laughs) I got to throw that word in there. I know. I was like, "Mm, evidence way. Yes. I mean, definitely there's evidence that shows, I mean, we have this in society and health and wellness. There's evidence in moving your body, creates longevity and adds years, eating a particular way, more fruits, more vegetables, less fats, things like that, proves that, yes, you add more life, more vitality. Yoga, Tai Chi, yes, adds more flexibility, more ability to move your body, less falling down. Yes, we have tons of evidence around how you can live active, independent till your last days. We have evidence on this. So I'm trying to bring that to these women in a way where they want to embrace it. That's talking to them where they are at this point in time. So let's get to the meat and potatoes, which is you put together something called the Femaging Index, which I'm really impressed by. It's a national representative survey of a thousand women aged 40 to 65 I love market research. I love understanding behavior, psychology, what drives people to do certain things. Let's talk about the outcomes. What was discovered? What surprised you? And far from a femtech or a health tech, was there anything that was like, oh my goodness, what a white space we can start to do business in? Yes, absolutely. So um, we did two pieces of research. Um, The first was, as you mentioned, the Fem Aging Index, which is a nationally representative study of uh, a thousand women between the ages of 40 to 65. We didn't have to uh, look at a thousand women, but the reason that we did was to be able to over index or over sample for women of color. One of the things that we were very interested in was to see whether or not there were differences between how women of color, specifically Asian, uh, Asian, uh, Hispanic or Latina and African-American women view these issues versus uh, white women. And we found some really, really significant differences. And uh, from a white space perspective, we discovered a industry segment, which is still small, but we think it's going to be significant in the years to come called Fem Aging Tech. And these are uh, specific innovations that are focused on the health and wellness needs of women ages 40 plus. So what what do I mean by that? Well, it has to do with uh, obviously menopause care. It has to do with incontinence issues. It has to do with vaginal dryness. It has to do with mental health issues that are specific to women um, ages 40 plus. And so what we found in the research, what we did in the research was that we started out with a human perspective on the innovation. So a lot of times 
Um, what people do is they say, well, I have this cool gadget um, or I have this new wearable device or I have this new ultra fancy virtual reality uh, technology. And the question about what people want is actually not something that people tend to focus on. So what we did is we used the FEM Aging Index to uh, provide some really great information about what these women actually want. Imagine that, Matthew, you know, at, uh, posing questions about what people actually want as opposed to assuming that you know. And what we found is that these women were saying things like, I'm really worried about aging well. If I'm African-American, I'm about eight to 10% more likely to have worries about aging well. I'm really interested in solutions that help me to deal with stress and anxiety. But when we did a census of these fem aging tech innovations, we found very few had tools that help them to deal with stress and anxiety. So from a roadmap perspective, what we wanted to do was to say, here is the problem. We have uh, this very powerful group, economically vibrant, diverse, that is willing to spend money and has a lot of it. But there are a few uh, specific innovations for them. The second thing we said was, what do they actually want? both uh, women of color, especially in the area of women of color, uh, as well as the general population. And we give innovators the roadmap that they can use with this 70 plus page report where we've given away literally uh, tens of thousands of dollars of market research for free that anyone can pick up and essentially get a roadmap for how they can innovate for women between the ages of 40 to 65 and also do it in a way that is culturally appropriate um, and to understand what these women of color actually want. So here's a fascinating case study in an intentionally inclusive report that invited the women of color to be a voice, to be participating. Do you foresee an initiative that is inclusive of people of color alienate or further invite other communities to be a part of it? Oh, further invite, of course. I mean, who you're leaving money on the table when you don't include people. That's the bottom line. If you don't include women and you're only doing something for men, you're leaving out half of the money. The same goes with people of color. You're leaving money on the table. Why would you not want to know the preferences, wants, desires, needs, and interests of other people in order to make you know, a better wheel. Those who don't make a better wheel are not going to survive. That's, you know, that's the end of the story. We can look at numerous examples of corporations that were huge behemoths that we never would have thought would have not been here. And now they're gone or very marginalized. And that's what's going to happen to companies that don't think that they have to take into gender and understanding gender or people of color into the equation of everything that they do. So I love the Steve Jobs philosophy of never give someone what they want. You give them what they didn't know they needed or could have expected. So now that you have all of this rich data, I guess as a final question, because I, I see a part two to this happening fairly quickly. Yeah. You know, I always like to say, what's the cholesterol in the artery of the progress you're trying to enable? So where do you see any initial barriers to implementing the data into practical activism or products and services? Well, I'll just say 
one, we're even getting a hard time to even have this conversation because women, as they get older, are rendered invisible. So why do I want to hear about any data on them? So we're even having hard traction, just getting a conversation going. But it's going to be funny in 10 years, like everybody's going to be all over this. So we're creating our own opportunities. We have an event that we're creating, bringing together investors, healthcare practitioners, um, innovators, um, design experts to have this conversation very focused around the opportunities in this segment. I think the other thing for me personally is that I just got into a tech accelerator to create an app, a WisePause app that can connect women to treatment plans, information about their symptoms, what they can do immediately, and to healthcare practitioners around the U.S. So that's how it's inspired me. I look at your DNA. You mentioned at the top of the show, consumer protections and regulations. You know, your advocacy is making sure people know shit exists to live a better life. And I can't say it any more directly than that. It's very empowering. Fard, Final word, at least for now, because clearly there's a part two to this. What's your biggest takeaway? I mean, this is massive progress from the Paleozoic era of 2005. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, just looking back to that era, I mean, it really was an era. You know, there just were fewer information sources. People weren't used to using the Internet. People weren't used to using mobile devices. You know, we have smartwatches now. I think the key thing that, you know, is both a blessing and a curse uh, is that we have access to more information and more opportunities. For example, the research that uh, Denise and I put together, it would have been very difficult to do this research in the way that we did, um, even you know back in 2005, because the infrastructure wasn't there or people didn't understand these issues as well as they do now. So being able to develop research like this and to get it out uh, in a way that's very, very powerful and accessible, I think is really interesting. Um, I think from a human perspective, the what I like to think about is opportunity. We have more opportunity. We have more ability to engage other people at their level using tools and technologies that have frankly become so much less expensive now than they used to be. It's much more accessible. It's even for people living in the inner city or people living in rural India or people living in, in uh, you know, sub-Saharan Africa, you know, they have access to things like mobile devices and can get access to, you know, prenatal care or information about menopause. I mean, there's so much opportunity around us that, um, you know, in the midst of the crisis that we're in, the, the COVID-19 crisis, that we tend to forget because we're kind of stuck in our homes or there's less uh, ability to go outside, the digital world is become, has become just as rich from a health and wellness perspective as the, as the real world. And so what I would say is that um, the thing that I think of when I think of progress is opportunity. There's so many more opportunities. And I think that um, people listening to this, this program um, hopefully will be able to recognize that and to be able to, uh, you know, whether they're dealing with fem aging or they're dealing with another issue related to health and digital, um, is to take advantage of those opportunities, seek out those opportunities, and look for ways to deploy them in ways that are going to help people in a very, very immediate way. 
The initiative is Fem Aging online at femaging.com. I'd like to thank Far John Moore, digital health innovator. I can assert he is one founder of Inspectos, his digital health innovation consultancy, and the IMDB queen, Denise Pines, <laughs> president of the Medical Board of California and the founder of Wise Paws Lifestyle. Thank you so much. Definitely to be continued. Thank you, Matthew. That's all for today, folks. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, follow us on social, and tell all your friends to listen. Out of Patience with Matthew Zachary is a product of Offscript Media. Our executive producer is Matthew Zachary. Our senior producers are Jen Horanjeff and Andrew McDowell. Darren Tun is our production intern. It is recorded, mixed, and edited by Matthew Zachary. Our theme music is by the Mike Van Allen Quintet and by Mara. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments, feedback, and make guest recommendations. For more information, visit offscript.com.